Hey guys, welcome to Minefields. My name is Joshua Michael. We've got a great show for you today. We've got Mr. Colin over there in the Tulsa, and I'm saying Mr. because I'm showing respect for my elders. <laughs> Shut it, man. We totally botched this a second ago, and I accidentally... What are you talking uh, about? This is completely <laughs> off the cuff. This is not rehearsed. Not planned whatsoever. It's not that we rehearsed it. It was because we are really off the cuff, but I totally uh, shut down a program and, and killed, the, killed the conversation about 40 seconds in. Uh, so this is our second take. Thanks for being here. Um, you asked me how I was doing. I was sick as hell for two days. Uh, there are Bradford pears blooming in every direction in my apartment complex. And uh, now I'm going to decide. I decided I'm not only do I need to drive to the next couple of places that I'm interested in moving to to see if there's appropriate, like, nighttime parking lot lighting, but... Um, to see if there are Bradford pears blooming there. Because, no kidding, I was immobilized. I was so sick yesterday, I went into a coma three times because I had no choice but to dose up on Benadryl. And then I binge-watched three seasons of The Office. I can't, I just, ugh. I was asleep through some of it, but it was very weird. It made me miss L.A. because I watched The Office a lot in L.A. with my old roommate. <clears throat> that show you? sucks. I don't know how people watch that shit. It is the driest, like, most retarded humor ever. I just, I just, I can see how there's some funny spots, and I can see why some people find it funny. But I feel like people are, uh, well, I, I guess it's kind of like one of those things where I, I, you know, I chose Ultimate Warrior over Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was a lot smaller <laughs> than, than the Ultimate Warrior. It didn't make sense to like a wrestler that was smaller than the guy that was bigger. So I don't feel like watching... Huh. Like, when I think about The Office, I'm like, there's way better shit to watch. Like, Well, okay, during The Office tenure, what was your, what was your go-to outrageous mainstream comedy shit series? Oh, awesome shit, like My Name is Earl. <laughs> was that still on at the no, same it time? Got, no, it, it was on, I think it started in, like, 2004. Uh, but that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that got tanked because of the writer's strike, but they still did a good job. They still did a very good job. Um... <clears throat> That was an okay show. I remember uh, running into Jason. Was it Jason Lee? Is that his name? Yeah, Jason Lee. He's not a he's not a Scientologist anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. So now yeah, I can like him again. That's probably. I don't want to diss on people generally, but uh, and um, I tell this story. But I date. I I tried dating a Scientologist right when I lit, moved out to L.A. Really? It did not work. Yeah. I've Why told you not? about this before. No, you never told uh, me about dating a Scientologist before. Dude, I've told you year after year. Uh, a beautiful, beautiful girl. She's not a Scientologist anymore, I, I understand. But, um, yeah, dude, it was crazy. It was funny. I'm working on, uh, I was working on a mid-season replacement TV series. So we were doing the pilot, and I was an office PA. So I went to set, like, once to deliver something, and then I went back to the office. And, um... <clears throat> 
so I'm I'm working on the show, and there's this really kick-ass guy named Chris who's also an office PA, and uh, he's like, "Hey, man, listen, I uh, I've been I've been seeing this girl, and I think you'd like her." I'm like, "Okay," and he's like, "Yeah, I just I want to give you her number, and uh, you know, you should maybe you should maybe call her and see what she's uh, see what she's all about." Wait, like, wait, 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 wait a minute here. He's dating her, and he's recommending you date her too. He's recommending I. It's, that's what I came to understand, and I was not savvy at that moment. I just wasn't too bright about this kind of stuff because I didn't have a whole lot of self confidence when it came to dating. Yeah, I mean, I was like, if you're in a relationship with somebody, you're in that relationship. I I didn't understand the concept of dating or maybe dating multiple people, trying to suss this all out. Like I had a big conversation with my ten year old recently about different levels of commitment and intimacy in relationships. And uh, he he was like, wait a minute, what? Like, he didn't understand the idea that you would date multiple people simultaneously. And I'm not saying everybody does that. I'm not even saying that many people do that. It's one of those things where it's like, you may be trying to see somebody because you're trying to see if that one's going to click. But the older I get, the more I realize that it's more or less you're going to know real fast if it's not worth carrying on. And so, you know, just go with what you got to do, move on to the next thing. But, um, I don't know. It was just weird because to me, yeah, in that moment, it was very odd to be given this opportunity. And so he gave me her number and I was apprehensive, but I phoned her up. She sounded really nice. She said, Oh yeah, Chris said I was going to get a call from you. And I was like, what? So huh. I uh, wasn't very long. It was like a, another week or something like that or something. Like, I don't know. It was maybe the end of that week. I picked her up on a Friday. I went over to her place and uh, she wasn't that far from my place. And um, she uh, she was like she had a bu- she had a couple of people over at her place that didn't live there that were just hanging out, having a conversation. And she was getting ready. And I was like, man. This is strange. This is just some. This is what people do in L.A. But she was just beautiful, and I could not understand what, why my buddy Chris wasn't into her. Um, okay, she was. She was not short, but she wasn't tall. She had dark hair. She's beautiful, just wonderful, like figure. She just. She was just looked wonderful, and she had this great voice and this really wonderful melodic laugh, and uh, she just. Seemed so, so nice. Okay, and I'm waiting so, for it. <laughs> okay, so we we go out and we have a really great time and we talk and talk and talk and I was like, this is somebody who I can really talk to and this is I don't know if this person is my type because up to that point I had been pretty much exclusively into busty redheads, uh, and which isn't to say that I'm not still, but my crayon box is. You know, well, I don't know what to say. I like everybody now. Um, so the thing is, uh, we have this really great date, and then we go out again, and we go out again, and we're having these really great dates. We get together and we'll go watch a movie, and we'll go someplace and we'll just shop. Hold on, hold and, on, hold on. How quick until you close the deal? That's that's the thing. We get to where things are getting racially intimate, and. The the door is more or less shut in my face. And I'm like, 
okay, that's weird. I don't understand that. Right. So then we get together and we're walking around at, uh, it's not the Glendale Galleria, but it's, um, oh, it was that open air place. I can't remember what it was called. It might have been in Pasadena. But uh, we're walking around there. It's not the Grove. But it's a different, because that's definitely in L.A. itself. So we're walking around. We're hanging out. And I try to, I try to hold her hand. And she really didn't want me to. And then a second later, it was just all over. I was like, what's the deal? Are we not, like, dating? Are we not uh, trying to work towards being a couple? And she was like, well, you just never know who's watching. What? And I was like, what the hell? So this start, that, then that clicked into my head because every time, we got, every time we got in the car, she would primp and, like, fix her hair and mess with her eyeshadow and check her lips and whatever. Then before we got out of the car... She would do all the same stuff. And I'm standing outside the car for like three, four minutes sometimes. Wait, like, oh, my God, I'm trying to open the door for you. And then she would go to the bathroom repeatedly. She was just constantly because she was trying to get discovered. And she was concerned that the Scientologists were watching her to see what kind of life she was leading and if she was appropriate material for them. I find this out after I ask her, like, Look, I want to go. I, I, I want to be. I, I'm, I'm interested in you. I think you're beautiful. We get along. I'm. I'm totally into you. Like, why is this not progressing? She's like, you're. I can't. I just can't really see myself dating anybody who isn't a level five. What the shit? And I was like, <laughs> that is the craziest thing I'd ever heard. Was she even a and level five? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, we. I just stopped. I broke it off completely wow. right then and there. Like, we spent the rest of the afternoon, then I was done. Like, that was it. And, uh. Dude, I'd have been done right then and there. I'd have told her to get out and get a fucking cab. Like, I've done. Ah, uh, I'm, I'm just not. I'm not that harsh. But, like, she, uh. Oh, dude. And there's way more to this story that happens to. Uh, happens with her and another fella some years later that I don't need to go into. But I'm still friends with her on Facebook. I haven't talked to her in years and years. You know, once in a while, I'll just be like, oh, yeah, what's she doing? She's fine. She's occasionally acting. She's got some other job and whatever. I think she moved out of L.A. She's not a Scientologist anymore. I think that that thing, that, like for Jason Lee or for, you know, uh, Tom Cruise or whomever, I feel like that it either really, really works for them or it completely doesn't. And people are people are willing to try all kinds of wacky stuff in L.A. to get where they need to go or to get what they want to do uh, going. Now, I mean, I don't have a problem with people with whatever their religious preference is. Um, I at sure the same time, do. it's just really harsh to get shut down. It's like I, it, I don't know. It's like. You know, if I wasn't Jewish and somebody was like, you're not Jewish, so I don't want to go out with you. I'd be like, all right, well, why are we even doing anything together? Dude, what is this for you, you know? Dude, I have been dumped for Jesus so many goddamn times, it's not even fucking funny. Like, it's, it's funny <laughs> because I don't know why anybody who is that into Jesus would be dating you. You have a particular look. You live <laughs> it, you breathe it. You definitely don't look like you're uh, a paladin here, you know? So... <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and so concludes the tragic story of how Colin couldn't close the deal with a Scientologist. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> yeah, well, just Which, find yourself a failed Mormon. Now, they're all they're oh, all very excited. Oh, I found some failed Mormons. <clears throat> Ooh, failed Mormons are just as horny as fucking school teachers, dude. Jesus. 
Oh my god. <laughs> All right, we gotta, we gotta, yeah, you're right. Let's walk away from this. Yes, let's walk away. Uh, let's walk away. Let's talk briefly about the, uh, I, you know, I'm gonna say that it was an amazing, rich, full life. God bless him. Max von Sydow, a fantastic performer, a wonderful actor. That voice, that look, that sense of humor. He died today, 90 years old. One of the things I uh, yeah, caught he, this morning. He died, on, he died on Sunday, actually. Oh, is it Sunday? Yeah. I'm not kidding. A Benadryl coma. I'm sorry. Yeah. What's the first couple of things you can think of on, uh, on the good man, Max von Sydow? Vigo the Carpathian. Oh, that's right. Uh, Dude, he's totally. The, he's, that, he performed as the voice He's the of voice. Vigo. He's the voice. The, uh, uh-huh. the guy that played Vigo was actually like an old like German wrestler guy that was one of the... Um, Terrorists on Die Hard Part 1. Also, of course, The Exorcist, my favorite. Um, uh-huh. And, uh, well, not like my favorite horror movie, but like my favorite movie of his. And also, What Dreams May Come. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so strange. What Dreams May Come is a very uncomfortable movie to watch. But somehow or another, I find myself going back to that in my head over and over again. And every once in a while, I'm like, do I want to revisit that that story or don't I? You know, right. and I just generally don't do it. Um, I gotta say, my my favorite performance of his is, as Ming the Merciless in 1980, Flash Gordon, because not only did he come to that campy role taking it so seriously that everybody else is, it's like Patrick Stewart coming to Star Trek, and everybody's like, we don't know how we're supposed to play this, and then this guy shows up and is like. This is what you do. You elevate. And, and I think that's what he did. I mean, despite the fact of some of the other business that went down with uh, Sam J. Jones, who played Flash Gordon, um, everybody elevated because of his performance in that movie. Which isn't to say that they don't all completely kick ass, but... Uh, oh, man. I mean, I'm just rolling through his listing. I'm not on IMDb. I'm going through his listing on uh, on the uh, on Wikipedia. Judge Dredd. I do remember liking his role in Judge Dredd. I love Judge Dredd. I, I, yeah, man. I, I don't care oh, how, how silly he was. Rob Schneider was great in that. <laughs> Minority Report. Holy crap! Damn. That was a killer show. Dude, I don't remember ever watching that movie. You never saw Minority Report? No. You know the one I'm talking about, right? Yeah, you're, t- you're talking about the TV show or you're talking about the movie? The movie. No, never saw it. Oh, dude. He was awesome in that. That movie is like, oh. I, 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 I would, honestly, I recommend that movie to anyone because I hope that the moment that gets me gets everybody else. And if you've watched it, I hope that you know what I'm talking about. The part where the precog is telling Tom Cruise about the life that... about the alternate life that they can't experience. It's like it's this tangential aspect of her power. And I know I'm not talking about Max von Sydow now. I'm just saying, like, that movie... Dude, yeah... Uh, for for me, a guy who's very interested in alternate takes on on our on our lives on our daily life, that movie has, says a lot to me. But um, yeah, he's he's amazing, Max von Sydow. Everybody, how did, uh, how did he die? 
Dude, I didn't even check. I just I just looked at it and I was like, the dude I, is ninety. He's allowed I, to go. I didn't. However, he wants to go. I didn't. See whatever happens, I'm okay with it. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I've been coughing um, like crazy too, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm slight. I'm not kidding. The Bradford pairs, everybody. Absolutely devastating. Max von Sydow died uh, March eighth at the age of ninety in his home in France. It just does not have I don't information. See yeah. I don't see anything. Nope. Well, it's fine. I mean, dude, the, I, 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 I look at him and I'm like, man, the guy was, the guy, the guy's allowed to go. Well, seventy-year career. Yeah, that's that's a long time. I, I still can't believe they had to age him for The Exorcist. Like, I, I couldn't believe when they brought him <laughs> back in the sequel type thing. Like how, how it was just it was just odd. But yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Tell me about the Black yeah. Widow Black Widow trailer. Trailer. What did you like? About oh yeah. It? Um, I caught that this morning. I, I actually woke up from a weird dream where I was a this like a, a the apprentice of Kylo Ren. So then I spent a little time watching Star Wars trailers and then seeing that there was a new Black Widow trailer. Um, the first one was great, or you know, the, the, there's nothing wrong with the first one. This is just another thing that spells out, hey, here's an aspect of the story we didn't say anything about in the first trailer. Family. It really appears as though these characters perceive themselves as family. Uh, Yelena, the blonde girl who is not, you know, Scarlett Johansson's right. Natasha Romanoff is, uh, apparently supposed to be her sister. And I don't recall that being an aspect of the comics necessarily. I don't think that they are really sisters. I think this is going to be kind of one of those aspects of just like what we've been talking about when we're, if you guys have been listening to our Picard commentaries, we've been talking about this weird business with the Romulan villains in the show, uh, where they probably just go by the fact that they are not exactly brother and sister because they're clearly, uh, occasionally lovers. But, um, uh, I don't, I, I don't know that that's necessarily the direction, but at the same time, Rachel Vice is characterized as being the mother and I can buy that coming off of Scarlett Johansson. They look enough alike. But at the same time, I have a hard time with it, seeing as how I don't feel like Rachel Weiss is old enough to be her mom. Not in the least, but... No. Uh, and uh, and then it's the same thing with David Tennant, who we're still pr- play, praying is the Red Guardian. Um, you mean David Harbour. David, David Harbour. Yeah. David Tennant's from uh, Doctor Who, sorry. Yeah. No, I, love, um, I love David Harbour. I love that, man. That guy's the coolest I know, thing man. Me. Yeah, I didn't know what to think about him for a long time, and I'm, the first thing I remember seeing him in was Casino Royale. Uh, it's a almost a bit part, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I this I, I can't wait to see this movie. I've already seen one good looking Lego set come out of it with a really good price point. It's like a helicopter assault, and it's a very traditional looking kind of Chinook helicopter and. I think there's a Taskmaster in it and whatever. We were both... You and I were talking about uh, comic book character costumes a little bit earlier. Right. Uh, well, I don't know about this Taskmaster. I like... They, they clearly got the shield properly um, uh, composed, but I just... I don't know. I would... I, I'd really rather see the, a classic-looking Taskmaster with a, a skull... Yeah, uh, you know, uh, face mask. I mean, they kind of tried to do that with the Crossbones character they did in the MCU, but I don't know. I just feel like the Taskmaster should be just a little bit more garish. 
a little bit like I want more of the 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 white the white accents, a little bit more of the hood, maybe even just to uh, if, even if you're not going to use the shield, at least show that it's there. Uh, I, I harken. Oh, he's going to use it. I, I harken back to uh, a, a, a random memory, leaving the theater back in I want to say like '97, maybe '98. When I went and saw the Avengers movie, the British Avengers movie with Ray Fiennes <laughs> and uh, yeah. Uma Thurman, and we're leaving, and my friends are like, "You think they'd ever do like in a like a Captain America Avengers movie?" I'm like, there's no way. Like it, it's 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 <laughs> it's it's there's no way there's no way they could ever translate the suits. And thank God I was wrong. And I, I really feel that with the new Taskmaster outfit, that they're trying to make it a little bit more realistic or more believable. The way they you know threw the X Men in all black leather. As opposed to give them some sort of accentuation, 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 accentuations. Yes, that's the word. Uh, I mean, like if, I, if you pay attention, you can see Wolverine's <coughs> the, the the stitch pattern on his chest is the same as like you know the, you know, the three swatches on the on the on the sides, uh-huh, right? and, and there's little bits of that, but uh, it worked. But I just hope that it's not gonna. And I'm glad you brought up crossbones because I really hope that they don't just bury Taskmaster in a uh, in obscurity and only show them just a little bit the way they did with crossbones. Cause crossbones, I, I kind of feel like they did them a bit of a disservice, especially just having them part of Hydra. I mean, I always see that guy just as a, a mercenary that'll kill whatever you point in his direction. Yeah. Completely. Um, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. And it's just like them trying to make these costumes out of realistic or plausible stuff that you could just get at army surplus and then add a little weird tech here or there. And we don't even know what it does or why. I don't know. It's just, yeah, I, 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 I hope the same thing because taskmaster is a character that gets lines. He's always got something to say and he has an attitude and a personality and he's got a arrogance to him. That uh, I don't feel like we really, I mean, Crossbones is in the current Daredevil issue, right? Yep. And I, I don't even feel like, I don't feel like that character translated over to the MCU very well, but at least he had a motivation for wanting to get back at Captain America um, because, of course, he was Brock Rumslow, agent of shield until he turned out to be a hydra agent all through winter soldier correct um but uh yeah i know we're talking about costumes dude for real get on google and just google black widow you're gonna see scarlet in all of these different costumes look at how careful and conservative they were about her costume like in iron man 2 and all the way up and she gets more and more technotron looking until we get into uh, Infinity War and uh, Endgame. And then, of course, we have these wacky, like, time travel uniforms that they were wearing in Endgame that I... I those don't do anything for me, but uh, it's just kind of interesting seeing the plausible aspect of what you can do with that costume where you don't have to go off so garish. Garish is like... Captain America. Right, right. And that's what we're saying. You know, you're watching X-Men way back and everybody was like, how can it make sense? It all does have to be, uh, you know, black leather with highlights and stuff like that. Yeah, because it was the only thing we were going to make, we were going to take seriously. I don't know. I mean, if you're going to make a real world comic book movie that isn't cartoony like the uh, Joel Schumacher Batman movies, then, yeah, that's what you've got to do. But... 
if Christopher Nolan can do it in 2005 and make Batman legit Batman, I don't see why we can't have garish-looking Taskmaster when we've got the Winter Soldier and whatever else, you know. We didn't have Baron Strucker, exactly. You've got freaking the Red Skull, for crying out loud. I mean, some of this stuff, it doesn't matter if it translates. It just needs to work. So... I don't know. I, I, so far, I don't dig the Taskmaster costume is basically what this is all about. We just want to see but a little bit more of it. It's not going to keep me from seeing it. Now, uh, before we move on, I, I, I forgot to mention this to you. I want to talk about the new Mandalorian Lego sets. Oh, right on. Yeah, so uh, if you go to lego.com and go to the uh, uh, the new stuff here, you go up to you know the, the new Star Wars stuff. So we're looking at – they've got the new brick heads, the, the Baby Yoda – and the, his floating little crib, and then of course uh, Mando. <laughs> Mando. These things have zero playability, which I, that bothers me, guys. Um, like that's why I hate those fucking pop toys. That there's zero playability. That they're gross. It, it reminds me of that stupid aesthetic that bad animation translates into good animation, like from the early 2000s. Yeah, sure. Like uh-huh. I, I, Dexter's Laboratory got away with it with me and Powerpuff Girls, like, but because it was so funny that I, I oh, don't forget Samurai Jack. It's, it's, we're, it's, it's, were all Sam, three of those shows Samurai Jack. Were they Kennedy Tartakovsky shows? Uh, no, not all of them were. Um, okay, but um, then then it, it the the aesthetic that shitty lazy animation can put something over pisses me off <clears throat> and that's how i feel about those fucking pop toys they they they're they're stupid i remember funko pop those toys. funko pop toys and, and as opposed to like i remember seeing that um uh like uh for example there is a new american psycho chase figure where he's in the uh in the raincoat and he's got his axe and he's bloodstained and it's like a hundred dollars, and then I'm like, mm, that's fucking stupid. Because for the exact amount of money, you could probably buy a brand new, still in the package, NECA American Psycho that looks exactly like Patrick Bateman, with the newspaper on the ground, a Walkman, a porno tape, uh, a business card, <laughs> the nail gun, the axe, a few knives, and uh, does he have a Huey Lewis? And the news cassette tape. He does not, but I assume that's in the Walkman that comes with it, which is very okay. fragile. If, if you guys buy that toy, I would very much recommend it because even as an adult, you will lose all of the accessories, just like old GI <laughs> Joes back in the day. Now, now uh, back to my point here is playability. Here, we're looking at the new uh, the Mando set. Man, this is gorgeous. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I was unaware that the that Mando ship was called the Razor Crest. Like I, it's it's I don't know. It seems just big enough. Great playability, and we looks heavy. We, looks dense. We get the right people here. The only thing that's missing is um, Nick Nolte's character. That's the one thing I'd want. I, I wonder if they picked him over the the stormtroopers or sand trooper or, or jet speeder guy because Jason Sudeikis punched the baby Yoda. Because you you get Carl Weathers' character. Yet Mando, mm-hmm. you get that uh, the the uh, android that somehow got over, which made me very happy. I can't wait to get this. The only is thing it IG eighty eight? Let's see if it even says can role play. Kids can role play as heroic warrior the Mandalorian and play out action packed Star Wars the Mandalorian <laughs> scenes scenes with this detailed Lego brick model of the Razor Crest. Let's see, cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me who's in it. Nope. No such luck. Very good, very good. No such luck. The uh, the other Star Wars thing I would pick over this is still, and I, I'm still ashamed I haven't bought it yet, is uh, Vader's Palace 
on uh, Mustafa. Oh, that thing is legit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I still. Hmm. I, I I have my 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 city. My Lego city is clearly a city and town theme aesthetic. Did you see the new book? But, did you see the new bookstore? <clears throat> Yes, I did. That's yeah. That's delicious. That bookstore is awesome. The, it's part. It's modular size, so it's definitely you know like a damn near two hundred dollars set. It's going to take up a huge footprint, about as big as your laptop, probably. Yep. Uh, like all of the other ones do. But then there's the ones that are the mid tier ones for about maybe maybe seventy eighty bucks or something like that that you can build three different ways. And so there's one that's like a coffee shop and a toy store or whatever. Uh, yeah, there's a new one that's a toy store. Um, yeah, man, I love those because they're that size. I've only got a handful, like a couple of the modular sets. And this is, I'm, I, this sounds like a diss, I know, but every, like twice a year, we get a Lego convention in Oklahoma City and we get one in Tulsa. And I know it's a traveling thing. They have a gigantic USS Missouri battleship that's scale no, nice. to Lego guys. It's insane. They have a huge, like, Normandy beach landing sequence with flashing lights and thousands and thousands of translucent blue pieces to make the water. Uh, it's just really, it's a fascinating thing. But most of the people who are displaying stuff or like displaying the modular sets like oh what so you spent the money and the time to do that i don't see the creativity behind that good point like i I don't mean to diss anybody i just feel like if you're going to do that then embellish it in your own way make it your own do you know like i've seen i know somebody who took like the uh the uh, doctor who tardis and they did the entire thing in pink legos nice. in different pink hues instead of the problem i was like well that's okay hey way to go uh but you know i digress um but before before we get off Legos, you got to check out the burger truck set that just came out. It's gorgeous. <laughs> like, they, oh, they look at like that. When, when you're talking about like imagination, like they just decided to do a burger truck. It's got monster truck wheels, and it's a burger food oh, truck. Oh yeah, it looks super cool. Like why the hell not? Like that's that's playability. That's imagination. I would authentically buy that and get rid of that whole wheel system in favor of having a. An eight stud wide food truck in my town, not, but uh, not me, not me. Only, Shit. only because I mean it's very. This is that's a little funny. Um, I mean, I do it just because otherwise there's no. I, I can't fit a monster truck driving around on my streets, but uh, I, I hope you're not choking to death laughing at me on that one. No, not at all. It was just like coughing. There's an ice cream truck too. Ice cream, guys. Truck if you don't, cool. I mean. I know I don't know how who tuned in to talk, to hear us talk about Legos, but let me tell you, Legos are an enormous part of my. Uh, that's that's I've got two hobbies. Me too. Mm. And Legos are one of them. And then uh, right now, and dude, since I moved up here, I have done nary a thing with Legos. They're sitting there, being awesome in a nice, cool room. Not in my place. So uh, it's all about having the appropriate amount of space. Dude, that new Ferrari is only 20 bucks. The Lamborghini set's like 50 Oh, dude, these are... That's intense. These are, is there a, these are juicy. Ooh, juicy. I love it. <coughs> Everyone always gets mad Everybody knows work. what to buy Joshua for uh, his birthday, okay? Uh, stuff. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Legos are hilarious. It's amazing that these light... I mean, I remember when we were growing up, you just had the different themes... 
And then we always said, you know, one day it'd be amazing if there were Star Wars Legos or something. <laughs> it was like, no way. And then two, year 2000 comes along and there's freaking Phantom Menace Legos. You could not find them anywhere. I got on eBay. They were the first things I ever bought on eBay. I got the Darth Maul fights, Qui-Gon Jinn set, and the uh, Jar Jar Binks and... I don't know, Obi-Wan set, I can't even remember. They were just like, here's a little display, and it comes with these two minifigures. Like, they just didn't even know what to do yet. And then I got the, I eventually got the X-Wing, and it's still my favorite X-Wing of all the X-Wings that they've ever done. We've got to be up to, like, ten different models of X-Wings, and they just keep making them bigger, more elaborate, and more expensive year after year after year. Stop it. Give us a (laughs) cost-effective... X-Wing that doesn't take up my entire desk, guys. The Millennium Falcon can't be two hairs bigger than an X-Wing. It just doesn't make any sense. Nope. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah. Not, we don't even have Star Wars comics to do this week. No, we don't. We've got a lot of good comics, actually. The, this was a good juicy week, and everyone always gets mad when I describe things as juicy. And it's like, I didn't say moist, like, <laughs> there are two other words you say frequently that I absolutely hate, and I've told you about it, but you do it anyways, and you're not doing it because you hate me. You're doing it because you don't remember I told you I hated it. <laughs> what words are these? I will tell you when you say them. Okay. Is I'm gonna, in fact, I'm going to put a, put a stupid sound effect on my uh, phone so I can nail you for it, it when it happens. Is, is, uh, is Juicy one of them? No, it is not. That, 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 that one does not bother me. Uh, is it like when I leave and I always say I'm off like a prom dress? <laughs> you have never, ever said that. <laughs> I said it work all the time. really stops saying that. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, I'll, I'll let you guys know. It's going to come out. <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's what's going to happen what, when you say it. a soccer game? All right. <laughs> I, can do, I can do other ones. <laughs> I've got other right. dumb sound effects on here. All right, this is Minefield issue 47. We've got a lot of great comments, a lot of great things came out, a lot of great content. <laughs> Ghostbusters year one, number two. Mm, choice de la creme. Mm. Yeah, that was oh, great, oof, that great one, comic book. That one was good. Uh, Doctor Doom number six. Ooh, chills, chills. Daredevil number 19, my choice pick for the week. Whoops, sorry. I, didn't mean <laughs> I, I preemptively movie horned. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Inception. Inception was happening. Yes. We got Daredevil, my my choice of the week, uh, number 19. Savage Avengers, number 11. Batman, number 90. Farmhand, number 14. And Justice League, number 42. Who the hell is calling me? Oh, my goodness. Carry on. Carry on. <clears throat> well, let's, uh, let's go into Justice League real quick. Uh, Justice League, number 42. Um... I'm really glad that we've got away from Year of the Villain right now. Uh, they wrapped it mm, up pretty mm-hmm. nicely with a couple of uh, uh, stray loose ends that we'll, we'll figure out later. But right now what's happening right now is that the Eradicator, uh, if you don't remember uh, back in the early 90s when Superman was quote-unquote killed, there was four Supermen that came out. One of them had a green visor, and he's uh, <laughs> oh, a, a, yeah. Yeah, a, a Kryptonian robot. And it was trying to be Superman because that's kind of his purpose. That's what he's trying to do is fill in and, and, mm-hmm. and preserve uh, Kryptonian uh, legacy heritage. In which case, he's figured out a way to genetically engineer Kryptonians. And uh, he's decided that the best way to continue Kryptonian life is to come to the planet with the yellow sun and take over. 
And okay. the people he's ge- genetically engineered, I mean, they're, they're, getting, they're getting charged just showing up. And we've got a problem because the main Justice League, you know, Flash, Superman, Green Lantern, uh, Wonder Woman, they, uh, they they don't know how to stop them. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a one-stop deal. Like, we've got a problem. And uh, someone got the bright idea. Well, I know this chick, <laughs> this is Wonder Woman, because uh, she, she's heading right now, uh, she's pretty much head of Justice League Dark right now, who is, you know, the, all, the, all the magicians and sorcerers, uh, every now and then John Constantine shows up or gets fired or killed, and uh, we, we decide, well, let's, let's talk to Madame uh, Xanadu right now. Uh, this is uh, Robert Vendetti, writer, Aaron uh, Lopresti, penciler, Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. inker, David Barron, colorist, uh, David Napolinat, uh, Napolitano, letterer, and yep. Brian Hitch with Brad Anderson for the cover. So we've got a problem. The, the Eradicator... Not Eradicator. God, I'm spacing. It's one of those. It's been one of those weeks where I keep messing up all my words all the damn time. Uh, <coughs> they're taking over. He's got enough of these guys to to really uh, go over everything and you know stage coups in all the main cities. And uh, Wonder Woman is defeated. That's where issue one, or last issue actually, ended off. And they came up with it like the the logic. The, like the reason I picked this comic was the logic and how to defeat these evil Kryptonians that are there to take over the world. Madame Xanadu yeah, goes to... Kryptonians. Yeah. They, 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 go, they take her to an alien planet with a sun that is actually going to effectively hurt these Kryptonians. And she casts a spell with every bit of her power to open all these tiny wormholes. And we get a, a nice play on old school stuff about whether or not Superman can outrun the Flash. Uh, one of my, yeah. One of my favorite uh, Simpsons quotes, by the way, when... when uh, uh, Principal Skinner is uh, telling everyone how Miss Hoover has Lyme disease, and he questions kids, and this kid's like, "Yeah, can Superman outrun the Flash?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it was it was something that was on his mind, and it's something that's always on our minds. And they, he she opens up all these portals, and has them running through, like you know, chasing the Flash, like you know, we're gonna catch you, and eventually they do catch him. But he he'd been running so fast backwards and forwards through time, eventually to this planet where Madame Xanadu. Uh, was ready for these guys, and their powers are effectively uh, draining immediately, and uh, the Justice League has has the drop, which was so refreshing. I'm Okay, so you're the villain. Uh, everything going on with Lex Luthor took months. It was agonizingly great. And by agonizingly great, I mean exactly what I mean. It took a long goddamn time. Each issue was good, but... I'm still old school Fantastic Four type dude where I want one and done or like two. Like, like let me have some, like, let me every now and then give me like a five issue arc or something like that. I, I really enjoy like one story done and done or two or three. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is leading up to. So I'm really excited about this. So like, uh, remember when uh, Bendis took over uh, Avengers like back in 2010 or 11 when the Affinity Gauntlet, when the hood was as- assembling all the, all the, all the, oh, all the yeah. gems. Remember how quick that was? Remember how fun that was? And it was over. It's, it's so frustrating, though. That was quick and it was fun, but for something that needs... Something that's that big of a story... Like, look at how much gravity we've given to the Infinity stuff. Yeah. For, like, years. And that was almost a throwaway story, unfortunately. I agree. I because agree. it wasn't I, tied I into an MCU buildup. Now, are you saying that you prefer everything to be canon? Because I feel like you. No, would... I don't. I don't. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 
For one thing, it's astonishing that the hood could get anywhere with an infinity gem, Agreed. let alone all of them. Uh, <clears throat> but um, there was a lot to appreciate out of that storyline. Uh, Agree. I'm just saying that it, it blows me away that that isn't a bigger story because everything, every time anybody does anything with the infinity gems, it's gigantic. And that was like ultra low key. It was happening in one book. You know, well, I, I really enjoyed it, and I, th- and I no, I did too. It and, was very fun, and I, I really. You, what was your favorite part of it? Well, the fact that they're using the hood because uh, after Dark Rain, I, I was really hooked on the hood. Like that was one of my favorite books, but one of my favorite side story books within within Dark Rain was the hood, and then Zodiac. Uh, I always, you know, really, you know, get attracted to that sort of like darker element, and it mm-hmm. was nice to see the hood do something because now he's like nothing, and. I'm having fun with this Justice League story. I, I, I'm, I'm, it, it, well, it doesn't feel so crushing like uh, you have to pay attention to every book. There's eight different side shoots of this. It's so refreshing to have something really quick and done. And yeah, yeah. Great, art, great artwork. <coughs> uh, it's thrilling. It's why I like superheroes in the first place. And I can just put it aside and, and recommend if someone wants something real quick, you know, like, hey, like, you know, buy these three issues, not these ten <laughs> like, uh, oh man, yeah, it, I know what you mean. N- not that that's always a bad thing. Uh, it's 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 something. It's a nice little uh, mini anomaly that's happening right now. Uh, I do want to touch on. God, I'm going through my notes so fast here, man. I'm looking at my iPad and my computer. We've got Justice League Farmhand. Farmhand, guys. I just want to just mention it. Uh, this is uh, by Rob Gilroy. If you're a Chew fan, you really just got to get on this boat. It, there's the, the graphic novels are, are coming out very steadily. Uh, he's not missing his deadlines. It's been about two years now. Uh, jump on this boat because uh, Chu is about to start up again with uh, Tony Chu from like either I saw some like fan representative thing about something that's not really going to happen. But Chu's going on right now with Outer Darkness, and then also uh, from I swear I saw something where they're going to bring Tony Chu's daughter into things. So before that gets going, uh, just digest everything you can of Farmhand. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's it's existential. It's it's just the right amount of fantasy compared with the family strife that most people find endearing to you know latch onto and you know you know those things where, you, where you're able to lay in a comfy bed and you feel like you're home type thing. But tell me what you got next, man, because you you and I have the like most <laughs> like most of the books that we've read this week, other than those <clears throat> those ones I just burned through real quick. I had a weird week because, yeah, I mean, the stuff that we had was very heavy, and it's it's kind of crazy. We both read virtually the same thing. I think you added a few. Uh, No lie, I was sick for a couple of days. Um, What was the other thing? I'm I'm prepping for a gigantic movie, so I spent a lot of time messing around with that rather than reading. And it was one of those like, usually you get up and you do some stuff and whatever. No, this was this was like two or three days where I was like strapped to a chair, budgeting, belting out, like, here's a report, here's another report, here's a timeline, whatever, and having to go meet people. So the opportunity to read was a little bit messed up for me. Nevertheless, uh, let's see, I got Dr. Doom, the new Dr. Doom. This was, man, I'm not going to say that any part of this book has not been worth it, uh, but this one was the best, I think. And what was weird was there was so little to it, but there was so much content at the same time. Because 
getting Kang and Doctor Doom together and just having them hash things out was fascinating. And it goes back to, like, if you've read, I think it was Infinity War number four, way back in maybe 1990, 92, 93, something like that. Uh, one of the original Infinity Gauntlet, like, leftovers. Just, hey, let's keep trying to cash in on this infinity, the word infinity, as long as we can. That was the first time I ever really remember seeing them do something together. And uh, Doom and Kang got together and they were, they had to deal with the Magus, which is the alternate version of... Uh, uh, Adam Adam Warlock. Right. So uh, that was a cool book. I really recommend going out and grabbing that one because it's all it's within that continuity or it's within that storyline, but it's almost a one off. But um, and it doesn't have anything to do with this. I'm just saying if you like this one and you want to see those guys operating together, another good place to go. Uh, so this is Ro- this was Doctor Doom number. Where did it go? Six. Road to Latveria. Writer Christopher Cantwell. Awesome job. Artist Salvador LaRocca, awesome job, awesome. Color artist Guru EFX, VCs Corey Pettit, letterer, cover Salvador LaRocca and Guru. Um, And then there are variant covers and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to go ahead, I'm not going to list them all out, pick up the book, look at the thing, like it's editors, thank you. What you guys are letting these dudes do is really awesome. Um, so, you know, we've had Dr. Doom being deposed out of Latveria, sort of, having a proxy government put in place. Simcaria, the neighboring country, is after him. Um, he's lost in America, and instead of hiding out in a stupid green hoodie, he's in his armor, he's in his cape and cowl, and now he and Kang, two guys who you would absolutely spot anywhere and not believe that they were who they appeared to be, uh, <coughs> because why would they be dicking around doing this? They're like train jumping. They're they're riding a train across America, and they're just having little conversations with one another. I pissed myself and, laughing when they threw that hobo like a thousand feet in the air, <laughs> like room for one more. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get out, dude. It, it's awesome. Uh, I mean. That, and then they're, like, camping out and eating whatever rats they happen to find or something. They're wandering through cemeteries. They're going through the American Southwest, and they're going to sneak into Mexico. Uh, and so, but it's just crazy because it's like, come on, Dr. Doom. Don't you have some kind of teleportation spell? Kang, I know you're teleporting through time. Why Why are you guys doing it so low-key? So I'm hoping there's a really good reason for that. This is and a- it's not, oh, I've got diminished powers. <laughs> I've got I've got existential ED. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no. What about I, I okay. wondered that too. Why would they just I, I think uh because they they've got the argument about because he's a Richards. Kang is a Richards, right? That's that's uh-huh, fantastic yep. that's that's uh Mr. Fantastic. That's chronology, dad. yep. Um and that we don't know really who because they've hinted from many, many times about who Doom's real dad is, right? Yeah, uh-huh. So we've got that problem, or is Kang actually Doom in the future, backwards, forwards, to the side? Um, and don't forget Immortus. Yes. That's another, and Rama Tut oh, also that, all tied oh, into this. Oh, absolutely. Good call. Because that's, 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 that's one of those things you know from, like, you're, like, I'm specialty X-Men, Spidey. You're, you're, 
you're at a more like Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom specialty man. Like. These those guys in particular are mainly Avengers villains and Fantastic Four villains. Uh, and you go back and remember when we were just a couple of uh, early last year, a couple of early last years ago. Uh, there was that Infinity Watch book with Adam or with a Doc. Oh gosh, what is it? Adam Warlock? Yeah, who disappeared into the past and he had to get killed there so that he could stay in a pyramid for, you know, multiple thousands of years to be able to be woken up now to to get up and deal with the Infinity Stone. I mean, dude, that all ties in. We 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 definitely did a, a long box about that book. We did. So, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of stuff. Yeah, the the, the lore is deep on these characters and that's that's this is how you do it. You create something that you never truly define so that it can remain amorphous and interesting for, to- for decades. This has been going on since the inception of Marvel Comics, folks. And nobody has ever gone in to explain it. And what happens every time anybody really tries to explain something? You get Wolverine origin. Oh, and then, yeah. oh, some of the mystery is lost. But it's still good. Or you get, I don't know... Oh, I, I, I mean, you get so, it depends. It, it depends on how well just, you're doing it because, like, that, I'm so glad you brought up Wolverine because, okay, yeah, so you get Wolverine origins, and then it does ruin a lot of the mystery. Or you give him even more mystery by showing him something that's only going to uh, merit more questions, like Weapon X. And yeah, or like we- Weapon Fifteen. Oh yeah, like I love it. Grant Morrison's Weapon Fifteen, and in that moment, Wolverine finally knew everything. Oof. And that was it. Like, and has I anybody ever paid attention Oof. to that moment? When he, I think that's one of the most important moments in Marvel Comics. Are you talking about? And the, I don't think. Are you talking about the scene where he just all of a sudden just says, "I remember everything." Exactly. Yeah. What was it? Chris Bacallo artwork. Was that it? Uh, I don't. I don't uh, think. It, uh, I don't think it was Bacallo. Uh, but I, I could be wrong. I hope it was Bacallo because I. Love okay. What I mean, it just he just he's he's almost looking right into the. Camera, like he's breaking, he's almost breaking the fourth wall, but it's a dirty over the shoulder looking at Weapon 15. He's like, I know, every, I remember everything. And in that moment, that set so much up because it wasn't the Weapon X program, it was he was Weapon 10, it was the Weapon Plus program, and we realized that Captain America was Weapon 1, we realized that Nuke was in there somewhere, and then what else did we realize? Uh, <clears throat> All of these other characters, and that's why we have Marvel Comics, or the Marvel Cinematic Universe the way it is, with Hulk tied in with Captain America and all of this other stuff. When you look at Ross, uh, General Ross giving uh, Emil Blonsky the formula and Hulk, I mean, go back, dude, that's, it all stems from that one issue. And, like, that gave us so much without giving us everything. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you can feed us little things. Thank you, Grant Morrison, for that moment. And, yes, thank you, uh, Joe Quesada, for origin. But at the same time, there needs to be a lot left to the imagination. Like, it, we don't need to know every damn thing that ever happened in Madripoor for Wolverine. We don't need to know everything that happened, everything that happened to Black Widow. Leave it out there for us to wonder and for them to play in little bits and pieces. You know, is there some crazy reason why the Space Phantom and, uh, I don't know, Doctor Strange's wife, Klee, like, would know one another? And then you just put it out there. And right. it's like, well, what, what the hell was that? Like, 
some of these things don't, don't need explanation. It's all, I'm like, anyway, that's why we're just, I'm really getting excited like, about this like, whole like, concept. No, 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 I, I get what you're saying. Like, like, say for example, in the new Black Widow movie right now, we get to find out what happened in Budapest. Would that make you happy or would that piss you off? It wouldn't matter because that's the MCU and it's not the comics. But, but and if we but find I, out I, what I, happened in Budapest, I, I'm, talking I'm about, fine with it. I'm talking about the, the mystery being revealed. But it, it, you're so you're just. No, you know what? No, you're, I dig. You're I, more partial, I know what you're saying. You're more partial to the comics and keeping the mystery better writing there because the, yeah. the movies are a little bit more fun. Well, they've already blown an aspect of, of it for me with the MCU. If you're saying that. Natasha Romanoff was born in 1984. Well, that means she doesn't have the Soviet version of the Infinity Formula. That, do, that means she hasn't been around since uh, the early days of the Russian Revolution when they needed a Red Room during the Soviet Union. And what's more, that means that she was uh, preparing to fight for the Soviet Union and the, in, like, the end of its... Like, like, like as it was f- falling as a nation... Through the Gorbachev years, where it's like, I get my brain is just on fire with all of the other possibilities, you know, like oh, we're, we're losing economically. This mainly because I finished, I, I listened to several episodes of CNN's Cold War today while I was doing a budget report, and um, thinking about how the Soviet Union collapsed. I'm, it, this is just me reading way too much into it. You know, if you're not going to, if we can't destroy them with nuclear weapons, and we can't stop them because they're going to have strategic de- defense initiative, otherwise known as Star Wars, then we've got to find a way to win the Cold War through the Red Room or something like that, or the the Winter Soldier or something like that. You know, and it's like to me, what you're asking is, yeah, no, I want to know what happened in Budapest, but it doesn't matter. Because that's the MCU. Okay. If you're going to go in and tell me every little iota, every little moment of the Black Widow's life in comics, that's different. That would bother me a little bit. But there needs to be there needs to be amorphous room. And that's why I appreciate it clear. when clear. you can have these two characters. It begs the question. These guys have to talk about this. But they have to pretend that they don't care enough, but they have to figure it out. But what better, oh my but God. What better way for them to figure it out than a buddy Yeah, uh, than, a, than a buddy comedy? It's a buddy comedy. It's a, a cross-country buddy, country buddy comedy. Yeah, the, then, then... Oh, my God. Them, them just palling around. I mean, that's <laughs> really what it was. They, 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 yeah. There was a dick show in contest. Uh, you know, the, what I can destroy, what you can destroy, what you can fix. I mean, they could have gone there immediately. Oh, my God. You're so right. Dude, I would, I would rather have... How many dumbass issues of Cable Deadpool are there? Uh, mo- Let's say most there's of them. 42. <laughs> Screw all of those. I would have rather have 42 issues of Kang and Doctor Doom milling around, <laughs> trying to like trying to find a way to save the universe or save the world or whatever. It's it, than it writes any itself. Any of that crap. It writes itself because they're villains or are they good guys? But you can't really say that they're exactly. anti-heroes like Spawn because these guys Even have if their they own are villains, agendas. It doesn't matter if they're villains yes. anymore. They're like, are we still villains? Hey, sometimes we can do a nice thing for somebody because in the end of the day, how much, dude, this just blows up. There's some guys, people, let me go back. We here. need to edit this out because someone's going to steal our idea. <laughs> Christopher Cantwell, please <laughs> give us a call, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kang and Doom okay, pelling so, around across the cosmos. Oh my god, so damn good. <laughs> like, oh, the, the whole hilarious business of these two rednecks driving up in their vintage <laughs> pickup was just awesome. <laughs> 
<laughs> Ain't never seen more colorific looking chuckle ducks in all my life. Chuckle. What's your name, Fancy Cleopatra? <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait to say that to somebody. Like, just the doofiest things that they could have... They threw a dart at, at a wall to hit these, hit these like, combos. So damn good. My god. These two dudes on a boat driving through a river in the dark in the desert just made me think of Rambo First Blood Part 2 for some reason. Ooh. Um... We should, you know, do a, them, we should do a simulcast of First Blood. We need, I think we're going to do a lot of simulcasts, but I think we're going to have to start thinking about doing Patreons for that. But um, Paladin, it was awesome to see Paladin, who I automatically, automatically um, mistook for Solo. I'd forgotten that they were, that they were two different people. And uh, then this weapon that they use, for one thing, oh my god, the orb? Oh, Okay. This issue elevates the orb into something that anybody has to pay attention to, but also the character of the orb. Why would these two dudes not just take the Watcher's eyes right out of his freaking chest or whatever? That's like having the Silver Surfer's board. You know, that's like having the ultimate nullifier. That's like having any amazing power come to you that you shouldn't have. Like, what did we just read in Yondu? You know? That whole that that chalice that he was running around with that Good would point. give him cosmic power. He didn't why, want, why, he didn't like want like either Kang, neither Kang nor Doctor Doom are like rip that damn thing out of his chest so we can so we can do what we need to do and figure out what we're supposed to figure out. It's too damn much. Uh, but dude, I cracked up when this guy came out of the sky in his like jellyfish shirt, looking like Tom Cruise. It's so Miami Vice, guys. Seriously, if you're not reading this book. Don't read the whole book. You don't have to read the whole book. Or get it. Get it all. I don't care. But go buy this issue. It's hilarious. It's awesome. Man. I can... I mean, seriously. We can go on and on and on. It was, it was so a, much to It was great. This. And it was serious, but it had just enough uh, side comic relief to take us out. And the one thing that worries me about this particular episode or issue is that we've got... I feel like this is a middle ground on this one. This is them pelling around. This is before the shit hits the fan. Well, it definitely is, because when you think about it, this is issue six. So if they're timing things properly, this is the end of a trade. Oh, yeah. Unless they're like, oh, we're going to eight or something God, like that. Trade you know? should I mean, be 12. Trade should be 12. Don't give me these little rinky-dink fucking $10 six-issue things. Give me a 12-issue $10, dude. I don't remember the last time I bought a $10 trade dude, with six issues dude, in it. That's probably going to be $34. Dude, check the Immortal Hulk The Immortal Hulk trades. They're all six issues or maybe less, and they're expensive as shit. It's bullshit. Oh, you don't even get me started because when I've been bitching about the Harmony Gold Robotech, four issues, 20 bucks. Unbelievable. Those guys, as much as I love those characters and I love that content, Harmony Gold, you guys are a bunch of money-grubbing fiends, and you have been for decades, and I'm not telling you not to generate more content or do whatever you got to do to keep your license, but, like, you guys are, oh, everybody knows you're villains. Check YouTube, okay? Oof. Anyway. Now, I'm about to blow your Sorry. mind on this one, because yeah, this, one, this one I couldn't wait to talk to you about, because I know you're not reading Savage Avengers. Savage Avengers. I don't know why I'm not reading Savage. It's Avengers. it's it's okay that you're not. I guess it's because it's Savage, <laughs> dude. This like this issue, uh, chapter eleven, Blood Memories, uh, written by uh, Gary Duggan, who never ever fails. Artist uh, Butch Guise, uh, colorist Alex Gim- Gimiares. 
Gimiades. Yeah. Letters, VCs, Travis Lanham. Cover, uh, Valerio Gian Giordano and Frank D'Amata. Uh, hopefully he's not still looking to uh, kill kick-ass after being blown up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, <coughs> Excuse me. The purpose of Savage Avengers is to slowly but surely and steadily ease Conan the Barbarian into our world. And that is it. And it's so much fun. Uh, the artwork has So it's been like the Beastmaster Part 2? Every time. It, like, each issue ends with, this is where Conan's journey started, and this is where he is now. <laughs> like, fr- from the Savage Land to, uh, like, Brazil to... Uh, the UK, I mean, like, he goes in this big circle where he's constantly getting thrown back and forth. And we are dealing with a post-battle Doctor Strange after he just hooked up with Elektra. And we're talking that Kulan Goth, uh, they just had a big knockdown dragon in Egypt, who thinks he has one of the eyes of Agamotto. Now, this is where I think... What? It, this is where I think huh. it's going to grab you by the boo-boo. Is that the eyes of Agamotto, <laughs> as as someone that is really into Tool, uh, myself, um, uh, Stephen is revealing to Electra, listen, I gotta do, I, 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 I gotta do something, and I need you here. Uh, why? Uh, this is a really uh, strange second date. And he's like, yeah, I know. Uh, if things go astray, I need you to kill me. Uh, but I'm gonna use my own nerves uh, to find a trail back. Uh, you ever done a seance before? She's like, I've been dead a few times. Does that count? <laughs> and he's like, listen, Kulan Goth thinks he has one of the eyes of Agamotto. He thinks he has mine. The first one is safe. Second one is lost to time. The third one is the one I have. And I technically what? have. What? I technically Dude, have. Man. I technically oh, okay, have. Okay, tell me more. He, he, okay, so left and right eye. But if you're the Sorcerer oh. Supreme, if you're the Sorcerer Supreme, do you have left or right eye, or do you have the third eye? Which is the what third he eye. he has the third eye of Agamotto, like you know, like we're talking like in, yeah. in the forehead, the psychic eye. Uh-huh. Blew, my, blew my mind. I, I felt like I had to go outside and t- like smoke a cigarette after reading that. Of course, he's got the third eye of Agamotto. So she's like, "What are you gonna do?" Well, Kulan Goth bled on me, and. The thing about it is that blood DNA is is a is a science that that we have barely touched, but sorcerers know all about. And through the blood, I can trace his memories. So he does a spell to go all the way back to Kulangoth's original origin from being a child uh, uh, thousands of years ago, uh, almost being uh, sold as a slave and being raised by a sorcerer and then realizing that their relationship is only going to end in death, and he goes and acts first. And the, the problem is he's, he, he's one of those people... You, you, you don't hear those stories where someone attains power through work, and uh, knowledge and, and strife, this is one of those assholes that steals it. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of, like, they, like uh, Stephen is going through so many different memories of this guy where he is trying to steal thoughts oh. and, and steal, and steal uh, sorceries from people. And he's constantly either losing, getting his ass kicked, or figuring out how to really steal it from them. And he, he initially goes and finds his timelines... Uh, Sorcerer Supreme, and I'm bringing it up right now. Uh, yep. He goes and finds, let's see, what's his name? The child is in the <coughs> Excuse me. 
I know a magic stronghold when I see it. Goth slays the guardian with a spell lost to time. Translated from Stygian, I'm here to meet the sorcerer supreme, Macri Ra. I shall be his student. I think not. (laughs) And he's cast out. Do not return. When he does return, he does conquer Marik Ra. And as he's doing so, uh, Stephen realizes the reason that, that, that he's so powerful is because he's a cannibal who has learned the spells of blood. So he's, he's, he's defeated the Sorcerer Supreme, and he's, he's reaching into his gut and eating his organs. And this guy is Ugh. still alive. Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't get too gross. But Stephen is is in the background. He sees that Conan is someone that should not be trifled with, someone that he should trust. <coughs> Excuse me. And as his entrails are being eaten, uh, yeah. he looks over and he says, I can sense you, and he looks right at Stephen. Gath can't understand us. I'm speaking your language. I know you're here, sorcerer. You feel yourself. Make me raw. I'm sorry. This is not my past. I cannot change it. And he says, I know. And he tells him how to defeat him. <laughs> and as he's telling him to defeat him, uh, like he gets his throat slit for talking in tongues. This was huh. excellent. <clears throat> like, I, dude, I, I've been waiting all week to tell you about this comic book. <laughs> been, uh, <laughs> That's crazy because you blew up when when we were reading Daredevil and uh, when you read Ghostbusters. Yeah, no, no, no this one, I, this one, I wanted to capture your reaction uh, on on tape. And he, no, there's on tape. Um, Man, yeah, seriously, like there's a lot of interesting stuff right there. It invents this invents some some directions to go. I'm a little like okay, yeah, dude. The whole thing about multiple eyes of Agamotto it would only make sense, but at the same time, like some of these things in the Marvel universe need to be one offs. Agreed. Like there should not be more than one ultimate nullifier. And it drives me crazy that it just shows up all the time. Like, every every so often, it's just like... Like, nobody ever shows up and is just like, oh, no, I've got a nuclear weapon. Yeah. Like, no, it's got to be a black hole bomb or a, or a nega bomb or something else. It's like, no, there are some things in the universe that are not something that there should be more than one of. Agreed. And there are some things that, like... But, you know, hey, if you can explain it away, that's pretty great. That's pretty cool. I'm going to pick up this issue and read it. Dude. I, I mean, I'm a fan of Doctor Strange. I love the Avengers. I haven't been reading the Avengers, you know, Savage Avengers, just because I'm like Savage Avengers. I don't know. I don't need a weird Savage team. Dude, of dude, Avengers, dude. It, it, they, they got <clears throat> past that really quickly. They got past the hook to get people to read it because the Punisher and Wolverine was there, and, and they're fighting this ancient Sumerian, uh, not Sumerian or Sumerian uh, baddie that still has uh, a grudge against Conan. This is all about introducing Conan, but this is, this <coughs> is high. Me. Sorcerer Adventures, just like cool. what what Conan stands for. Why we still read heavy metal? Well, at least I still read heavy metal. Um, you're gonna love it. It's it's it's. And then Electra just is chilling there, and Stephen comes back, and uh, Conan. I was rash to dismiss him. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta find Conan, and then we go back to the map. He starts in uh, Savage Land, another, and then makes his way with Iron Man uh, to a second point in Antarctica to get to Brazil, South America, up to Colombia, to Europe, to Africa, in Egypt, and then back to South America. And that's where we're going to find him next time. And this is high adventure sorcery amazingness. Um, 
you're gonna love it, guys. If you if that if any of those adjectives mean anything to you, you're gonna love it. The artwork is just you, you can. There's so many times when you turn the page and you just stop, and you're like, "What the, the, the like?" We're you know when artwork freezes you. Yeah, ha- yeah, happens all the time in this in in this series. Happens all the time. These guys are great. <laughs> uh, what do we got That's next, awesome, brother? What do we got next? Uh, no, hey, let's do Daredevil, man. <clears throat> you want to do Daredevil? Whoops, I hit the wrong thing. Actually, let me let me talk about Batman real quick before we get into Daredevil. What? I, the, dude, I just wanted to say it real quick. Guys, I'm not going to go too heavy into it. Uh, Catwoman made a deal with the devil, a new guy that apparently is able to assemble and scare all the baddies, Joker, Penguin, Riddler, and they made a... a, 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 a an agreement to assemble later on and Catwoman, who is now uh, Bruce Wayne's wife, uh, has to tell him because everything's back and we've got a bunch of bad guys running amok that are working for this guy. And uh, right now Bruce Wayne is using all his resources to reconstruct Gotham into like a, a not really utopia, but to really just rebuild and replenish the city. So he's doing as much good as he can, especially after that awful Bane storyline. But just because has anybody ever done a story where they flipped it and like Gotham City was this bright shining place and Metropolis was a hellhole? <laughs> and it might have been an Elseworlds tale, but not not to my knowledge. This is Batman number ninety, James Tinian number uh, James Tinian the fourth writer. Uh, this is one of my favorite current writers right now. He's doing a lot of good stuff. Jorge Jimenez artist uh, Tomiao uh, or is it Tom, Tomio Mori colors? Clayton Cowles letters Jimenez and Mori cover. Um, it's a lot of fun. Deathstroke. We've got uh, Harley Quinn isn't annoying. Uh, if you're into Batman, uh, of all the past, uh, I want to say year of Batman, this is where it's starting to get good. Go ahead and pick it up. Uh, I'm not going to ruin anything else for you, but like, just wanted to get that out of the way because when we get into Daredevils and Daredevil and Ghostbusters, uh, going to Batman is just going to piss you off. <laughs> good point. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Pre- I didn't realize. Good preface. Yeah. Um, Let's do it, man. Daredevil. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, Daredevil. Man, you guys, we we have been writing, I've been writing Daredevil for years. Writing it. Like, just, this is, this is a, this is a ride. And this has just taken an amazing upturn in the last, I'm going to say, five or six issues. This has been an amazing run by Chip Zdarsky. Uh, and Marco Cicito, I really love what he's doing in this book uh, as an artist. Uh, Mattia Iacono is the is the color artist. I hope I said that right. VCs Clayton Cowles letterer. Um, this is not the same art as we have seen, but it is honestly it's a little bit more awesome because it's I, I, way it's really lush i'm so glad you you pointed that out because this is inferno one <clears throat> of two kitchens fall so yeah so uh new artist uh mr mark uh, Cicchetto, i think this gentleman was brought in to knock it out of the park while our regular artist uh who is uh, god who's like why am i spacing on this guy right now like um Who's been who's been doing it with Zdarsky for all the other good ones? Like I, I think they're giving him a break to get caught up for after this part two, uh, this this part two thing. Okay, like that, that's what I think they're doing, which is smart because you can't let your artists get burned out. Also, can't let them miss deadlines. Bring someone good enough in to to kick some ass. And Marco, man, like I love the fact that you said it was lush. It really is. The color palette is is a lot more. Uh, 
uh, pleasing to the eye. It, like, like uh, it's it's safer right now in Hell's Kitchen, right? It's 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 noon. It's noon, so chances are you're gonna get mugged, robbed. Probably are a lot <laughs> less than in a couple of hours. But that immediately is ruined. But uh, forgive me. No, I mean, it's just the level of detail because it's daylight. Having Daredevil operating in daylight. That's not, I mean, you go back to the old days, it's, it's not necessarily so far-fetched that Daredevil would be doing stuff in the daylight. You know, that's a Spidey thing. It's a Power Man, Iron Fist type of thing. It's a Captain America thing. But sometimes you think, oh, wow, it's kind of interesting that Daredevil's not doing something in a sad fashion. It's still not Daredevil. It's Matt Murdock. Still Matt Murdock. He will not put on the mask. And, dude, I mean, you get into it, you got Bullseye. Going after these false daredevils running around, and Ooh. like he's gonna punish them for. And Stiltman is in it. They're all willing to punish these people for putting on the mask. But here, pretty quick, it's almost uh, V for Vendetta. Everybody's got the mask. Good point. Good. Point. Everybody gets up. This is our city. And it's like we're gonna fight you. This is our city. I really appreciate that. It's like I say, it's V for Vendetta. In the end. We win because we are V. We win because we are Daredevil. It's not a military fleet, Admiral. Yeah. It's just people. You can't kill an idea. I just say and this is our this is our city, <clears throat> and this this that is, this could is be my the trend. Store. Look at look at what's happening here. I'm not I'm not giving anybody a hard time, but we were talking about Black Widow earlier. There's a trend right now in that your family, the family. It's got to be about the family. You know, and maybe your family, your friends are your family, because this in this in this age we're living in right now, there's been a big pop culture progression, a movement, a couple of steps toward this idea that your friends are your real family because you chose them, you know, and they are they don't they're not judging you and you are who you are and they accept you and they love you more or better or different than your actual family. And it's just kind of like, okay, I get it. So I'm wondering, I mean, they definitely hit on that in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, They did it really heavy in the Avengers movies. At a certain point, it's like, yeah, we're a family. But, like, in the end, it's like, that's getting overused. So I hope that this idea that I'm seeing in Daredevil right now, that we're all... You know, we're going to get up and we're going to fight you. We're we're Daredevil. It could you could even go back as far as like looking at Spider-Man from 2002 where, you know, you're going to mess with one new this you know, Spidey's New York. You're messing with Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. You're messing with us. Yeah. You're messing with our own. Yeah, but now it's, it's that concept and it's been it's bigger building. It's there's bigger. A, I'm not going to say there's a big groundswell, but it's it's definitely, you know, on the uptick. We see this more and more. So I I I'm hoping that this is one of that trend, but I hope it's not the thing that's like, oh, that's this, that's that's the plot or the moral of the story or something, you know. That <clears throat> in the end, but uh, yeah, you know, we go through these whole characters, and some of these guys are all really serious daredevil villains. Um, there's a whole business in here where the kingpin, the kingpin is emasculated. He is incapable of pulling off evil deeds. But what happens when you emasculate or or dishonor an evil bastard? <laughs> exactly, he's going to come back hard. I think that I, the, the the I think that the kingpin story in this is as important 
Though it is getting less frames. It's, it's a whole body that's going on here. Kingpin's the circulatory system here. Daredevil's the brain. Yeah. Uh, the, the rogue cop, he's the fist. Uh, oh, good one, man. He, he's, yeah. he's the fist. And then, and then actual Hell's Kitchen is the blood that is pumping through this entire organism. Here. Dude, and, and, intense. And we're fucking pissed off. We're tired of it. You, Mr. Al... Fuck you. We don't even know who you are. You send your goons here. Uh, not only are we going to stand up for ourselves, but dudes are going to pull people into their their stores, their family-owned stores, and, and take bullets for people. The, and yeah. and w- without question. Uh, and, and without doing it to be a hero, which is one of the best parts of this whole book, is no one is doing this to be a hero. You're doing it, no, be- man. You're doing it because... Uh, it's not a with great responsibility bullshit, which we're done with. It is a you got to do what you got to do. And look, you get into this business of uh, 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 where you get into the end, and it's this. Uh, okay, you know what? I don't want to spoil the ending. I know you and you and I both loved this ending to this issue. Uh, I think there are two awesome endings there. There's the one that you called me about, and so, and then there's yep. the other one that happens with Matt. I don't want to tell anybody what that is. I want you guys, I want you minefielders to go out and and pick this up and have a look at it. Um, because you're either going to get it or you're not. But I want you to be there for the next issue. And I want you to let us know what you think. Because I want you to feel this with us. But then look at the next, look at the cover for the next issue. Right. It's not, it, you know, you've got Kingpin, fists ready, facing one direction. You've got Matt. Fist ready, facing the other direction. But they're not exactly back-to-back. So I don't think that this is saying, hey, they're going to be fighting on the same side, defending one another. But I want to see it happen. And all these years, we've never seen it happen. And I'm willing to take it because it's built up properly, organically. Let's have Kingpin and Matt Murdock fighting on the same side to save people. Because in the end, it's his, it's their city. It's, it might be Matt Murdock's neighborhood. Kingpin is the mayor. It would be astonishing to see a mayor getting out there and beating the hell out of some bad guys. I, because we know this is his fault, but it's also not his fault. Yeah, we're not sending the cops in there. Why? This was to get Daredevil to come out so we can catch Daredevil. This was an yeah. Well, this was inevitable. This was a yeah. Th- this is an uprising, and the right people are are making the right moves. And reflecting on the right things that are going on in their head. And this is something that is important to me because I see so many people that are pained in this comic book. Uh, not just Matt Murdock. Oh, pained, or, yeah. Not, not just Matt Murdock or the Kingpin. All the peripheral characters, they all have a pain that is happening. Uh, like the, the people that run the store. The woman that has the bookstore that's cheating on her, on her husband. Uh, the, yeah, the, Libras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the different crime gangs are just trying to do their best here. I mean, Tombstone got a bullet through the fucking head the other day, man. Like, and, and how did that even happen? I mean, like, like ten years ago, if, if in any comic book whatsoever, Tombstone got his brains blown out. Would you have given a shit? Was it Tombstone? It, it, was, it wasn't Tombstone. God, I keep... The, the I'm, fl- I'm having a hard time with it now, too. The flat, yeah, flat, keep, flat top guy. I swear the it was flat Tombstone. flat top guy. Yeah, the flat top guy. <laughs> yeah, the flat top guy. So, so, you keep going. I'll look it up. Yeah, but yeah, look that up. But what I'm saying is if, if you'd have seen him getting killed in anything else, without this sort of buildup, would you have given... Uh, would you even notice or cared? 
like, oh, whatever. He'll, he'll be back in 20 years. He'll get, he'll, like, no. This, this, well, this is I important. Mean, the, the, the people are uprising. The, the, like, the, the, the guy that has been masquerading and doing the most damage as a fake daredevil uh, that Matt eventually encounters and Bullseye encounters, this guy's done a lot of damage, but he wasn't doing it because he wanted to be Daredevil. He used it because it was a symbol, just like you said in V for Vendetta. And, it, and if you're having trouble, Minefielders, digesting what we're talking about, think about the last, like, 45 seconds of V for Vendetta when the parliament blows up and all the people that are taking their, their v masks off that are watching this happen and expecting it and demanding it happen because it's a symbol of everything that, that they've suffered for. And you see all the people that have died Throughout throughout the the movie, Stephen Fry's character, the actress, oh, yeah. the actress, the take their mask off. <coughs> it's the same Excuse thing, me. except in reverse. This is when you want get them to see put the mask on, and, uh-huh. and we're 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 tired. We're done. This is a, uh, the guys. It was Hammerhead. Ha- Hammerhead. Him. Yeah, it wasn't Tombstone. Yeah. Tombstone. Yeah. Sorry. I, yeah. I, I get my uh, dumbass uh, Guido uh, uh, <laughs> mafia guys mixed up from Spidey and Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, I don't even know where you would say Tombstone comes from. I mean, he's eventually, if I'm not mistaken, he's essentially supposed to be an amalgamation of Frankenstein. He's maybe undead. I remember, I I don't know him very well, except for in some spectacular Spider-Man issues back when, uh, oh, God, uh, Sal Buscema Buscema was doing it. Oh, damn, that was a long time ago. God damn. Yeah, but like in Darkhawk. Oh, dude, he ripped Darkhawk. We're not even talking about a guy right now who was in any of the issues we've been talking about. Uh, Hammerhead's a different thing. I remember the gang, let's just, yeah, blah, blah, blah. The gang war storyline that came out in Amazing Spider-Man in the late 80s, this is as close as we've ever got to that, you know? And this is authentically better. Because there are all of these different gangs running around doing their thing, but it's interesting that they don't, go so far like where's the yakuza where are the triads where good question uh, good question because i i think that marvel comics and i'm saying i'm putting myself out on the line there so editors of this book could please come at me um we don't see these characters pushing drugs and heroin uh, you know like what we saw in the daredevil tv series because the comic is not supposed to be that edgy and then we're we're basically saying something very particular about a particular racial segment whereas i mean you know what are you going to say about hammerhead yeah maybe you're you said it is he a guido is he italian is he not he could be american owlsley who cares like at least they're white i i'm i'm saying there's a racial thing to not say Madripoor or something is here messing with things as well, as well, or the triads or the uh, Yakuza or something like that. Or maybe they are, maybe they don't have a presence in New York. I don't know. I don't know. I would say this was a solid 10 out of 10. Uh, yeah, this was pretty incredible. This was an incredible issue where small things happened that were enormous and there were a lot of little character moments. It just seemed like every time something, ha- every time Matt did anything, it was really interesting. Every time Cole did anything, it was really interesting. Turn now, the, the, <laughs> boom! The villains, 
everybody has inter- everybody got to say their line and then they got it thrown back in their face by somebody, you know? Yep. And it just it really this is this is this is a climactic moment. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I what else what hopefully there's more content that they can do uh after this. What do we got next? Doctor, Ghostbusters. Doctor Strange. No, nah, dude, I'm going to Doctor Strange. Then we'll go to Ghostbusters. Oh, I didn't realize you were. Uh, uh, when you said Doctor Strange, my bad. So Doctor Strange number what? Oh, not at all. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to spend much time on this one. Surgeon Supreme uh, number what? Number four. Yeah, it is. Uh, it says Mark Wade with Kev Wal- Kev Walker and uh, uh, I'm going to say that's Java, not Hava. It's Yava. Java Tartaglia Yava. and Antonio Fabela as the colorist, and VCs Clayton Cowles as the letterer. Um, they decided at some point to bring Doctor Druid back. Uh, he died. I don't even know how. I just I don't know. I mean, Doctor Druid in the Avengers years ago in the eighties—that's something. Doctor Druid now, I don't know what anybody does with this character. Um, there is a bit of explanation here, some exposition that kind of found its way into the story organically and I appreciate that. Basically Dr. Druid is an administrator at this hospital and Dr. Strange just hasn't spent an issue trying to figure out why he's even alive let alone what he's doing there what his purpose might be and that's just weird. Like they set it up two issues ago and then uh, Strange is out there fighting some monster from the previous issue when He's late for a major surgery, and the lady who's running things here is about to call in this, like, preppy golf course champion surgeon who is what Doctor Strange was before the car accident. Correct. And, um, uh, I mean, that's the only way I can really see this guy. Uh, And, uh, of course, Strange steps in at the last moment. Well, here we have Doc Strange going out on what amounts to essentially ending up being uh, a date with this lady uh, and discussing the situation so he can say, like, hey, here's what uh, is going on with Dr. Druid. Um, And it was kind of like, okay, I mean, it's just if there's a beautiful woman in this book, Dr. Strange is going to end up hitting on her. I mean, it suddenly turns into him being another Tony Stark every time. I get it. But I'm going to say I know many beautiful women who I am not going to press a romantic situation on. Right. I just, I don't know, man. I mean, every once in a while it just doesn't, we just don't, it just, we don't need to see that. It just, I don't know. I don't know why. This time it just makes me go... You're just gonna win her over with your with your wiles or something instead of winning her over with the authenticity or the truth or I don't know what man I just like consider uh, considering everything we've talked about Doctor Strange today <coughs> like how much yeah. of an impact you really think this comic is or has uh not much I mean really out of we see Doctor Druid back doing something interesting. They actually did something with magic that I never would have considered, and so that's kind of cool. I'm not saying that I'm a sorcerer or anything, but, I mean, they realize that there's a, more or less, a magical, an ex- a magical explosive trap inside this body, and it might kill everybody. And then Dr. Druid steps in and helps save the day. Instead of one explosion of magic, 
that has to happen through an organism. They put it in the arboretum so that it's uh, thousands of tiny explosions killing a bunch of plants. And I was like, okay, well, you know, hey, that's interesting. At least the, like, the energy balances out and, and uh, you saved a bunch of people and whatever. And it's just kind of interesting to see Dr. Druid and Dr. Strange operating together. And then, of course, there's this closing, the whole last page where there's just some kind of strange assembly line of creepy crap going on that they didn't even allude to. The thing I've got about Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme is like, it's like Daredevil the Devil with Fear, or whatever it was. You know, before the current Daredevil book, Daredevil got hit by a truck, and everything that had ever broken in his body rebroke, and he had to learn how to walk again, let alone move, let alone how to even fight. And everyone kept saying, dude, you can stay down. You don't have to be Daredevil anymore. We'll be, we'll be out there killing it for you, kicking ass. And you know that's a five-part book. Yep. Like, how long is Doctor Strange Sorcerer, or Star- Doctor Strange Surgeon Supreme going to go on? Because in the end, it's all based around this one concept. Does the guy need to be a, a surgeon when it's more important for him to be the Sorcerer Supreme? Well, at a certain point, it's the same question. Does Daredevil need to continue to be Daredevil saving people when all of these other guys are out there doing that same work? Good good question, but the thing is, they're not Daredevil. They're not Daredevil. They don't have that power set. These power sets, if you, if you can look, if you just like wrap your head around the concept, are there by divine reason. Daredevil is there because of his power set. Power Man is there for his... For his power set. Uh, Spider-Man. Everybody has their reason. And so Doctor Strange, as the Sorcerer Supreme or the Surgeon Supreme, I mean, I really feel like it's time to pick one. And uh, I know this is only going to last so long. But I don't know. I wonder because maybe they're spreading him out because there's the, uh, the Sorcerer School book, which I'm completely ignoring because I know that's not going to amount to anything. <clears throat> I'm gonna have to agree with you. So on that's that what one. I got. I'm gonna have to agree. With you that, I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one because, like, that's one of the reasons I'm reading this is because I tried to start reading it and it, it just kind of felt a little irrelevant. And the fact that you would want to make him surgeon supreme, like, uh, we don't care about him being a surgeon anymore. Like, <laughs> I don't even think he does either. And I mean, just even the base title. I mean, that's even like a little, little thing there. Uh, after reading what's going on in Savage Avengers um, and all the little things that he's doing, even in the Avengers right now, um, this seems kind of like, uh, like, why are you even bothering? Like, just... It just... Yeah. I mean, I just don't feel like it's hitting the nail. I don't feel like it's striking while the iron is hot. Good. Doctor Strange is huge right now, okay? We had good Doctor Strange comics for years, and then we suddenly had a Doctor Strange movie in 2016. And then not only does he die in Infinity War, he comes back at the critical moment, has a bunch of cool lines, and kicks ass in Endgame, as you knew he would have to, heading towards another, like, the mo- to me, I'm going to say it's the MCU movie that I most anticipate, Doctor Strange in the, you know, Madness of the Multiverse. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see that. 
<clears throat> because I want to see them expand on his character. And I want to see wacky. I want to see a little bit of what we are used to, and I want it to blow up into all other stuff. And unfortunately, they already blew the whole like alternate reality mishmash that I would have expected out of the MCU by having all that time travel stuff in Endgame. Right. But uh, you know, it's the Back to the Future three or Back to the Future two thing, which I don't know it was great, but at the same time, it was like, ah, all right, we're sucking our own dicks here. But I just feel like if Doctor Strange is kicking ass, and you're gonna you're going to clip his wings and put him in a hospital and still have to go out and do Doctor Strange stuff, then he's not doing enough Doctor Strange stuff. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I just... I'm not, I'm not through with it. I just feel like... Doctor Strange is heavy in the public consciousness right now. And if you want, to, if you want people to be reading Doctor Strange, I think that they should be reading Doctor Strange. As we have come to know it. That's what I've got on that. I agree. So, let's get out of that and go to Spooks, Spectres, and uh, Astral Visions. And uh, Full Torso Vaporous Apparitions. <laughs> I just like oh. all those adjectives. Mmm. <laughs> that, oh. Kick Ghostbusters, year one, issue number two. Focus on the heart and soul of the Ghostbusters, Mr. Raymond Stance. The heart and soul. It's the heart of the Ghostbusters, written by Eric Burnham. Art by Dan Schering. Colors by Louis Antonio, Delga- Louis Antonio Delgado. Letters by Neil Yuitake. And uh, a killer set of editors. Dude. I'm going to have to say the nostalgia in this is very pleasing. And usually nostalgia pisses oh, me off. Isn't it? <laughs> the, uh, this is so good. The, the, that shithead dude, they actually give them names. Uh, you're looking at the blonde girl who has zero <laughs> yeah. PSP. Uh, Look uh, at Jenny her feathered Adams. hair! Look oh my god, it's beautiful! Perfect feathered hair. Dana looks perfect. I do have to say, oh, uh, great job to the artists in terms of keeping this style of Ghostbusters art consistent for about, I want to say, 12 years. It's been a very long time that, that uh, IDW has been doing uh, Ghostbuster comic books. And it's all in the same style. Uh, some people take a little few little bit of liberties, which is fine. But, I mean, like, look at this, this dude, Bob Douglas. <laughs> It just bitching about getting the electroshocks. <laughs> Last night <laughs> yeah. I dreamed this giant painting was trying to kidnap a baby. <laughs> like, look at... Dude, okay, I mean, yeah, and even Alice Sherman, the librarian. Yeah, the librarian. You, you could not have the names of these characters, and you would know, having watched the movie, exactly who their caricatures yep. match up to. It's beautiful. And what's more, I, I even I love this even more. Go another couple of pages to Venkman and Egon talking on the Columbia campus in winter. Yep. They they went so far as to make Egon look like Harold Ramis looked in stripes. Look at that hair. He looks like Doctor Who. <laughs> he looks like he looks <laughs> totally. like Doctor Who, but like it's so pleasing <laughs> to see these like. First off, the reason why I think this comic book works is because IDW has gone completely out of the way to keep this franchise protected and written well. Even the damn, like, crossovers with uh, Batman or Ninja Turtles, those are still great. Like, I never thought that would happen. And because we've got that sort of trust here, I'm so excited to see Vakeman introduce uh, Spangler and, uh, and uh, Stance. And, uh, oh, I know. Th- of course. Oh. Of course. Th- they, like... 
<clears throat> Tell me. Uh, no, no, I, 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 I completely agree, dude. Because like when I was a little kid and I would watch Ghostbusters on repeat or on VHS. Yep. Uh, I would drive my dad nuts with these dumb little questions, and when you realize they were just improv improvised pieces from from Bill Murray, that. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, like, that little moment where he's like, Egon, you know what, I'm, I was wrong about you, and you deserve this. <laughs> you deserve and he gives it. him that candy bar. The candy bar. Or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, what does that mean? Is this like some special feature of being an adult I don't know something about? Like, my boy asks me weird stuff like that, and I'm like, and now I can say, dude, you know what that is? That is improv gold. Perfect. We don't know why. It doesn't matter. Like, it, it, it's, but like, it makes you wonder. And when we were bit, when I was complaining about like revealing too much, they could throw a conversation piece in one issue of this in one panel to explain that, you know. Oh, well, I was going to drill a hole in my head and release the demons or whatever, that but you stopped that me. That but it would have worked. <laughs> or, or uh, that's the thing: the sponge migration. It's one line of dialogue. Yeah, and now and we get to see the actual. On it. <laughs> we actually get to see the sponge migration. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, like, and all of these little throwaway characters in the movie that are just there to set to catalyze the story or to set the set set up who the characters are, and they're called they're callbacks. It's oh my god! This is the richest book. That we read this week. And I'm, you know, Daredevil, wow. But, like, this is my favorite book this week. Uh, I can't believe that I didn't realize it came out until you told me. And I can't believe I didn't read it until today. And this is mind-bogglingly good. So, uh, so goddamn good. Like, uh, when, like the, the dialogue. Uh, whatever you say. So, uh, what's your interest in parapsychology? All-consuming. <laughs> All consuming. Yes, exactly. You could completely see Egon saying mm-hmm. that. No, no, I mean, no even going so, f- even going so far as to having Ray and Egon at the library together, and then Ray how being they, like, "I gotta go get Vanquish." How they first and got going there. And, yep. Like, of, of course. Like, there's a scene. So, like, this is the thing. I, we, we talked about the uh, Cobra Kai comic because I've only seen two issues of it come out, and. The second issue featured the deleted scene from The Karate Kid where they're in the lunchroom at the high school and Johnny and Daniel get into a blueberry pie fight. Right. Uh, and then you go back to the first issue and you've got moments where Johnny is talking about stuff that were, were th- things that were alluded to in Karate Kid that we didn't know anything about. And, like, that's that's what I like about that because it's like... Yes, you can tell a story about something that seems like a non-issue and still make it fascinating and still not tell the entire story and still leave loads of stuff to the imagination. So, like, going in here and talking and seeing that moment of Ray and Egon, like, yeah, that's why Egon was already there. Did it ever occur to you, like, watching Ghostbusters, that it was weird that Egon was there before they were? Nope. Like, why would it be weird? But hey, who, whatever, you know, hey, it's an opportunity to introduce the character. Dude, yeah, that kind of stuff. I don't know why. This just really excites me. No, it, it, and, it, and it gave us, uh, it gave us a, uh, a loose end we didn't know was a loose end. But to go get that goddamn librarian. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, exactly. Like, what? Go into Venkman. You can make an appointment. Preferential treatment is beneath us. Yes. Peter, well, something has to be. Yes. I mean,. <laughs> <laughs> so God, 
good lines. There's just ah oh, so much here. The I think I, I appreciate that they went in. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I jumped. I jumped the gun on that. No, you're fine. You mentioned that they like they they went in and they did a little research on who this ghost librarian was and what it would take to draw her out into the open. Well, obviously she's a librarian, but also she was a very particular person. Right. And that that fascinates me. Like, if you thought you were being haunted, what do you think you're being haunted by? And if ghost specialists show up, wouldn't they want to know, is this something haunting you that you know about, or is this something completely unrelated to you? You either know or you don't know. Okay, you know. Okay, well, what what do you have that can help us nail this thing? You know. Well, let's figure it out. And, and uh, <laughs> they do, and and it's it's heartfelt. There were so many emotions going on here. And I know that's the thing that that concerns me. In the end, it's like, what what what's the emotion tied to? We're we're getting this we're getting this ghost out of here, but it's like. Imagine if that was, you know, a dead relative. I don't know. I just feel like the precedent is set right here for them to be like, you know, yeah, we're going to take this ghost out of here for you and you're going to pay us for it. And you're going to have to know that, yeah, they're crossing over to the other side or they're going to confinement or something. I just feel like the idea that they spent some time researching who this woman was lends itself to a whole other ghost catching story. I hope so, but even then, you know, you, you know, you know, I'm a sucker for one and done comics, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, this is a this is this is a four and done going into each of the characters because you'll notice that the you'll notice that the uh, the cover uh, it doesn't want, pay homage I, to the first issue. I want six. And, it's, I want six and done. I want an extra Slimer and I want a one on Janine. I don't want a Slimer, but I do need a Rick Moranis because he's still a Ghostbuster. He's. <laughs> I'm a Ghostbuster. <laughs> I'm sorry, I never get that. I think we need Rick. Or I think we need Louis Louis Tully. Yeah, Louis Tully. And we definitely need Janine. And uh, dude, yeah, Slimer. Honestly, they could do this. They could do this forever. They could do all kinds of stuff. They could do twelve issues. We need a Dana issue. We need. Uh, so that's maybe eight. that's it. Maybe we're done. I still say I still. <laughs> you got to do a Slimer issue because back in the old nowadays, it was all about Slimer. Well, when you when you look at it, if you and I know you watched it, but uh, Minefielders, if you haven't watched the movies that made us on Netflix and watched the Ghostbusters episode, um, for one thing, I can't understand why Dan Aykroyd is so nonplussed through the whole interview process. But for another thing, them talking about Slimer as a character and trying to get John Belushi in there, and then being like, okay, well, we can't get John Belushi because he died, but we can pay homage to John Belushi by making Slimer the Bluto character <laughs> the Bluto. from, from uh, uh, Animal House. And therein, we show our love for the guy. <coughs> I can't imagine Ghostbusters with John Belushi. I don't want to imagine it. I, I like Vakeman. I mean, I, 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 know. I, I like I like my version of Vakeman with a... Uh, <sighs> yeah, Bill Murray. But I'll tell you what, this this makes me want to know more. I want to know what little weird 
uh, thing they were supposed to be doing that they had nuclear material capable of powering their proton packs. Yeah, the, that the, well, like they, what was that? Didn't they say it was like <laughs> in this in, in this issue it was leftover uh, material from a, a other experiment? But even that's right. Yeah, even, I'm trying to find exactly then, that page. But why did you even have that? And why did they let you have that at Columbia University in the least bit? <laughs> Oh, I guarantee there's nuclear material hanging out on Columbia University campus. I mean, there's enough science going on there. You know, Dr. Kurt Connors is hanging out doing stuff with blood and whatever else. And uh, any of these other characters. That'd be kind of, oh my gosh, that would be wacky. But, um, yeah, it's that. It's, dude. Yeah, this book is so good. I'm really, really glad that Ray came up second. The Winston issue Really made Winston feel like a very well-rounded character and a finally, full realized person. Finally, yeah. we got some, I'm some really, info on, in, on, on Winston. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna diss on uh, any of these performers, but yeah, Winston was supposed to have a much bigger role in Ghostbusters, but that improvisational, funny man stuff that uh, Bill Murray did really. I'm not gonna say it pulled the rug out from under Ernie Hudson, but it definitely. Uh, it definitely did. Uh, he didn't get what he wanted out of that role, but he did get what he wanted out of that role because he really crushed it and it really made him. Uh, anyway, yeah. I mean, I've been in that situation. I've worked on a movie with. Um, oh, suddenly cannot recall his freaking name, which might be a blessing. Uh, who was the guy that played Mango on Saturday Night Live? Chris Kattan. Chris Kattan. I did a movie with Chris Kattan years ago. It was the first movie I ever production designed. And uh, I, a lot of us don't have very good things or nice things to say about him, but he was funny. He was spur of the moment, off the cuff. You could write lines for the guy, but in the end, you just let him go to town and do what he needed to do, and it was way better than anything you agonized over writing late night on your 11th cup of coffee trying to come up with something funny because an actor gets to finish the role. You know, the actor, the director, the composer, the editor, and the production designer get to tell you as the viewer how to feel. The actor has to finish it. That's why people write scripts and they don't know, uh, you know, you write it for this person. You're like, oh, I would love it for this guy to be this character or whatever. No, you're probably never going to get that. And by the time it actually gets filmed, it might only be 60% of what you wrote because improvisational work and, like, you know, other people just get the take. It's not your product. It's not – in the end, all of this is a product. Everything is a product. And in the end, it might not be exactly what you wanted it to be. But you have to gel with everybody. And I think in the end, Ernie Hudson understood that. And uh, I, I don't think it's a worse movie for anything that they did, and I don't think it would have been a worse movie if they had written Winston in a lot earlier and did what they did with it, but or what they planned on doing it with it. But we got what we got, and it's a legendary movie. That's it. I mean, this is a great book, and these guys are doing amazing stuff with this with this material. I'm just happy what that else? it even happened. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Uh, That's all I got. That's all got? I got for this week, man. I'm happy. Yeah, man. It was awesome. Yeah, what? Uh, how do you feel right now? I feel damn good. Uh, we've got. We'll release this tomorrow. We had an, an amazing <laughs> show uh, interviewing uh, Abaddon here in who is 
Uh, it was on All Eat Dark. I was watching that before uh, you uh, you and I got together tonight to record. Just, uh-huh. just so proud of her, man. Just everything's great. Yeah, check that out. If you haven't seen it, look at our Facebook pages, and uh, it's linked to, uh, of course, the minefield and our personal pages. So, uh, yeah, check that out. Um, I'm, I haven't got to listen to it yet. I'm listening to – I've got an interview – for I'm 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 not interviewing for a job. I'm being interviewed for a uh, uh, a project tomorrow, and I've got an hour and a half drive to get there. I'm going to listen to it on the way d- down there, and uh, I'm really excited to check that out. And I really appreciate your journalistic style and uh, the ty- like very insightful questions every time. I appreciate so, you, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, all right, yeah. Give us well, a, we will catch up with you all again really soon. Yeah, okay? just uh, hit us up on uh, Colin and Josh at minefieldscomicspodcast.com. Uh, if you want to email us, uh, it's minefieldscomicspodcast.com. If you just want to go to the website, of course, uh, minefieldsp at Twitter uh, on Twitter. Uh, we're on Instagram. Uh, hit us up. We, we'd love to hear any sort of input you have, and uh, we'll we'll give you a shout out if you want. <laughs> all right. Good night, everybody. Take yeah, it easy. It's dangerous. Just transmission. Is over.